catching you up on the latest stories that you should know heading into this Tuesday morning. I'm Sarah Sowers, and this is The Point from WUFT News. On Monday, the University of Florida invited Nebraskan Senator Ben Sass to campus for open forums as the only finalist for the university's next president. What began as a series of public meetings for faculty and students quickly changed as protesters from outside the building entered, forcing Sass to leave the room early and move the final forum of the day virtually. I spoke with WUFT reporter Sandra McDonald about her experience covering yesterday's events. Emerson Hall was a little crazy. We we get in the room and I'm there for the faculty meeting. Everything kind of goes to plan. Um, the room's kind of empty. We're looking at each other like, oh, like we expected more people to be here. I guess we expected more students to show up even to that forum. Um, they quickly file out after the hour is up and students rush in the room pretty full. We're like, okay, this is the real deal. I sit down and what, maybe 20, 30 minutes pass by. And then I just hear this like pounding. And then I hear people chanting. And I was like, oh, it's the protest that was supposed to start at 2.30. This makes sense. Um, and the, the protesters, uh, according to the photos, because I was inside the room, um, made their way up the stairs of Emerson Hall and began pounding on the door. Um, they began to stomp their feet. It actually, it felt like thunder. I didn't even notice that the meeting had ended early when um, President LeMasters and the senator left. Once you began to hear the protesters, what was Sass's reaction and what was the mood inside the ballroom like? It was the elephant in the room. Like everyone was, was you're all sitting there and you're all trying to pay attention to this man who is very clearly like the crown jewel of the day. He's supposed to be the most important person in the room and all you can hear is the, the thumping. It's just, it's, it was so, it, it's so difficult to ignore. And everyone, there's people kind of like chuckling nervously. The person next to me is kind of like, ha ha ha. Oh, you hear that? That's that's a little crazy. And it, the the mood was just so just disbelief that, oh, this is happening now. Like this is they're actually doing this. This has this has stepped to they're not just protesting outside. This has stepped to another level completely. Once protesters had entered the room, what was it like to be reporting in that same space that the senator had just been speaking in? Everyone's yelling and everyone's freaking out and people are chanting again and the organizers are standing on the tables and standing on chairs and they have a megaphone and they're talking about uh, how uh, their, their displeasure um, that 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 he is here. <laughs> and it was just um, it was a little scary. I've never I you know, you see journalists and how they capture protests and and even protests that are not completely peaceful and you think oh they're good like this is great journalism they're doing a great job but that was a little scary that happened very quickly and very fast and i was not expecting any of it what were some of the main messages that these protesters were trying to get across and what were their results in doing so protesters are just saying we don't like him we don't want him here we want him out of our swamp we are uf and we don't want him here 
And I think that was the message that they got across today. Because when you have protesters streaming in out in a building and then out of a building and running around the building and then forcing he actually left in a, a marked police car, was ushered out of the building very quickly into a car that was waiting for him and then they took off, the lights were on. When when you have that effect on someone who obviously he's a he's a senator, so he's he may be familiar with these sorts of procedures, but to a little town like Gainesville, that maybe isn't the norm. And I think that is very, very interesting to have happened um, on a Monday in Gainesville. So how do you think that UF might move forward given all of the events that happened on Monday afternoon? There has been no statement made as far as I'm aware, and we're talking about this at, what, 8.30, 9 o'clock on Monday night. So this all occurred, this all finished up by 5, 5.30. So in the couple hours that we've, we've been writing about this and we've been talking about this, there has been no official response from the senator. There's been no official response from the school. We don't even know if there's going to be additional visits yet. Um, we know that as he is still the um, very possibly incoming president of UF as he is the only um, remaining candidate that the committee has recommended, um, he's still going to be here and we just have to find out what happens next, what the next step is. That was WUFT reporter Sandra McDonald speaking on Ben Sass's visit to UF and the events that followed as protesters forced him to leave and changed his scheduled plans. For more stories following what he said during his forums and how the protest ensued, visit wuft.org. Now for today's top headlines. The Alachua County Library System has brought back its Read with a Dog program for children ages 5 through 11. WUFT reports that the first event will be held at the High Springs Library branch on Wednesday, October 19 at 2 p.m. and sign-ups are required. It is unclear when other branches will restart their programs. Since launching its operation post-Hurricane Ian, World Central Kitchen has served more than 300,000 meals to Southwest Florida communities. WUSF reports that the nonprofit, started by celebrity chef Jose Andreas, moved into Fort Myers and Cape Coral to provide hot meals to anyone in need following Ian's landfall. World Central Kitchen said it will remain in the area for as long as needed. In St. Johns County, officials are still trying to decide how to recover coastal damage caused by Ian. News for Jacks reports that one of the hardest-hit areas was Summer Haven, which includes 300 homes where sand was eroded due to storm surge. The county is looking into new solutions, including potentially buying out the most vulnerable homes. Subscribe to The Point Newsletter, which drops the latest stories into your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit wuft.org for more information. I'm Sarah Sowers, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a nice day.